Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSnowCurtain.com. It is Let's Ride, your Monday, Wednesday, and Friday morning podcast. I'm sorry it's a little broken up this morning. My thoughts are all over the place. You know, when the game ended on Sunday, I was I really wanted to hit the record button right away. Once the post-game show was done, I wanted to hit the record button. I wanted to get to Let's Ride. I wanted to get my thoughts out, but I told myself, Jeff, wait. Jeff, stop. Get yourself together. Get your things and your thoughts all organized. Then come back to it later in the evening. That's what I did. So I said, okay, all right, my mind actually won. I didn't give the knee-jerk take. I'm going to give some takes. Don't worry about that. But I didn't do the knee-jerk reaction podcast that I originally wanted to do. Boy, I had a lot on my mind. I had just a lot of thoughts. Since then, I've calmed down. The Steelers lose. It is not a victory Monday. They've lost three games in a row. This one, week four, 24-20 loss to the New York Jets at Acroshore Stadium. It was not the ending we all thought or anticipated when Kenny Pickett comes into the game in the middle of the game. They make the change at halftime. And right when you think everything's looking like a storybook ending, well, the the rug gets pulled out from underneath our feet as fans. All right, before we get started, let's do some news. All right, let's do some news. Injuries. There's a lot of injuries on the defensive side of the ball. Cam Hayward suffered an elbow and, as Mike Tomlin called it, an ankle injury. He was able to return to the game. Minka Fitzpatrick suffered a knee injury. He, too, was able to come back and participate in the game. Then you had a hamstring injury to Cam Sutton. I am not sure, to be honest with you, I am not sure if that injury was, if he was able to come back or not. But that is something Mike Tomlin said. He has a cornerback, Cam Sutton, had a hamstring injury. Now that, keep in mind, I, I did not mention this. I didn't get to. My let's ride on Friday. I had not seen the Friday injury report. Cam Sutton popped up on the injury report with a groin injury. He did not have a status, played in the game, but 
without Akella Witherspoon, that hamstring injury to Cam Sutton could be a big thing moving forward. Uh, the other injury of note, obviously, safety Terrell Edmonds. If you got to see this game, there was a really nasty collision. He left with a concussion and is now in the NFL's concussion protocol. And so as we went over last week with Mika Fitzpatrick, who knows what his availability will be in the coming days, but we will have to take a wait-and-see approach. So the injury bug, yeah, not not good news for the Pittsburgh Steelers on the defensive side of the ball. The defensive side of the ball that gave up a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, it just was not great. But there was something that happened, and if you listen to the post-game podcast, you kind of know where I'm going to go with this. I was really anxious and excited to listen to the Mike Tomlin post-game press conference because I knew they were going to ask him about Kenny Pickett. I knew they were going to ask him what his thoughts were about Kenny Pickett. Why did he go with him on all that? But they asked a question that I wasn't expecting them to ask, but I was shocked by Mike Tomlin's answer. The question was, Coach, are you going to stick with Kenny Pickett next week going to Buffalo? And he did not say yes. And in the post-game podcast with myself, Dave Schofield, Brian Davis, they all said, Jeff, you're crazy. You should have known that Tomlin was gonna, was, wasn't was going to going to give him an answer. I understand that. I get it. I really, honest to goodness, get it. I was not expecting him to say anything other than what he did, which is we need to evaluate. We'll make that decision. He loves to play his cards close to the vest. I just felt that he missed a golden opportunity to actually say, Kenny Pickett's our guy moving forward. And Kenny Pickett would then go into this week of work, and he might already know that they're going with him. That's fine. But it would appease the fan base, number one. It would get some fans off your back. Number two, you'd let your quarterback know, hey, you're the guy. You're the guy. Like, I don't want you. The one thing they can't do is they can't go back. We've talked about this. And you can't have your rookie quarterback also wondering, is coach going to go back to Trubisky if I don't play well? Tomlin needs to give this kid every vote of confidence possible. And I'm I'm sure that on Tuesday during his press conference, Mike Tomlin's going to say, Kenny Pickett's our guy. If they go back to Trubisky, I don't even know what to say. I don't even, it's not about me. It's about the fan base. And he's, he, Mike Tomlin said, you know, he loves the fans because they care. Yeah, they care. They care a lot. And so if you, if he goes back to Trubisky, the fans that care are going to be absolutely livid. Livid, and that is not an understatement. Not an understatement at all. I want to talk about the game. I want to recap my keys to victory that I said on Friday's podcast, and I want to see if the Steelers were able to accomplish those keys before we get into the reaction to the game. All right, so the first key on offense was to establish the run. Like That was the first key. I said they needed to establish the run, mainly with attempts. That was the big thing with me, attempts. Well, they did run the ball more. They had run, run the ball 22 times exactly in their first three games. They ran the ball 31 times, but seven of those runs were quarterback runs. Mitch Trubisky had one. Kenny Pickett had six. So I still would love to see Najee Harris, who had 18 carries, at least get 20 in a game. Hasn't happened yet, but they did establish a run rush for 119 yards, a 3.8 average. So I guess you could say they did that. They got a hit on big plays, mainly in play action, especially in the second half they did that, to the tune of George Pickens having a long of 27, Pat Fryermuth with a long of 24, very big plays, George Pickens and Kenny Pickett, the Pickett to Pickens uh, connection, which I hope we'll be hearing about that for a very long time, looked on point with Pickens going for 102 on six catches. And then keep it clean. 
I said they'd had three turnovers in 2022. They had four on the day. That's not keeping it clean, and that's the one key that could completely wreck a game, and it did, and it did. We're going to talk about those turnovers. Trubisky obviously had one, Pickett with three. There were some other sloppy plays as well. That was not a part of the of the process here, but they did not keep it clean. On the defensive side, I said make them one-dimensional, and the New York Jets had averaged 84 yards rushing. They went over their average, finished with 98 yards rushing, only a 3.4 average, but still, I guess you could say that did make them one-dimensional. Extra opportunities for the offense. The Steelers were able to take the ball away twice. And then the New York Jets, they had seven turnovers with the minus four differential. And you're hoping that they were to take away more. They get, they did get two. You got to give them credit. They did get two. Minka Fitzpatrick with his second interception. I'm sorry, third interception of the season. And then I said sack party that the Jets had surrendered nine sacks. I know it was Wilson and not Flacco. His mobility was noticeable, but the man, they they the Jets had another injury to the offensive line during the game. The Steelers could only muster five quarterback hits. That's it. Five, I'm sorry, six. They added a new one. A six quarterback hits, only getting one sack. Alex Highsmith registered his fifth and a half sack on the season. One sack. That was depressing. That was really depressing. And so the, the Steelers, did they hit on some keys? Absolutely, but they didn't hit on all of them. So I want to talk about the game and my reactions. And of course, of course, if you listen to my podcast, you would know that I'm I was sitting there and Dave Schofield sitting in my living room watching the game with me. And all of a sudden, we're getting ready to come back from halftime and we're sitting there ready to go. We know the Jets get the football to start the third quarter and Dave says, oh my gosh. I said, what's going on? He's on his phone. He goes, I think it was Joe Rudder of the Tribune Review. He said, he's saying that Kenny Pickett's got a helmet on his throwing and Mitch Trubisky's got a ball cap on. I said, okay, are you serious? He said, yeah. So I go on Twitter and I see this stuff and I'm thinking, oh my gosh, it is the exact same scene from like The Office when Dwight decides to play a joke or not a joke, but he he sets a fire in the office just to make it clear that the office is not prepared to deal with a fire. And that's when Michael Scott comes running out of the office, goes, oh my God, it's happening. It's happening. Get, get out of here. That's what I put out there. The gif was, it's happening. Kenny Pickett's coming into the game. Are you serious? And it was a storybook ending until it went wrong. I got to be honest with you. I was really, really nervous. I haven't been this nervous during a Steeler game in a long time. I've been tense. There's been tense moments. There's been very, you know, there's moments where you feel like your heart's going to pump out your chest. I was nervous. I told I told anyone that was in the living room, my parents were in town this week, I was like, I feel like I'm going to be sick, sick to my stomach. And they said, really? Why? I said, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of pressure on me. I'm not playing, but I'm the one that's been such a vocal component of Kenny Pickett. I wanted him to play well. I wanted him to validate my thoughts and opinions that I've been saying for the last, I don't know, three months. And I'm not alone there. I'm the only one that might say it. Yes, I wanted him to play well, so I didn't sound like a damn fool on the podcast. So I'm nervous as all get out. Kenny Pickett comes in, and the first thing I did before he even took a snap, they had a long commercial break. And I'm sitting and I put it out on Twitter before he even took a snap. I said, before he takes a snap, I want my followers to know that I have to, I'm going to be critical of Kenny Pickett, just like I was Mitch Trubisky. But there is a big difference in the two. With Kenny Pickett, you know, or you hope, that he is the future. You hope that he's the future. And so you deal with issues, you deal with poor mistakes or maybe a bad decision 
because you chalk it up to a learning experience. A six-year veteran, you say they are never going to learn it if they haven't learned it yet. With Kenny Pickett as a rookie, you say, okay, made the mistake. Let's hope he learns from it. We don't want this to become a pattern. That's what you see with young players when they're not ready. The same mistakes made over and over. And he made mistakes. He made mistakes. But are, are we are – let me rephrase that. Am I going to have more patience with Kenny Pickett than Mitch Trubisky? Absolutely. Absolutely. Just like the – here's the difference. I'm going to have more patience, but the expectations for, for Pickett are going to be just as high as they were for Trubisky when it comes to output. So think about this that way. I'm going to be very critical of Pickett. I'm going to have more patience with Pickett because he's a rookie, but I'm going to still expect him to go out, move the offense, put touchdowns on the board when they get into the red zone and not settle for field goals. That's not going to change. So from the offensive output perspective, my expectations are high, if not higher, than when Mitch Trubisky was the quarterback. On the flip side, I'm also going to be more patient when watching him. And I'm not alone. This is not me playing favorites. This is me looking at a rookie quarterback compared to a six-year veteran. Say what you want. I don't care. And so on a day where Mitch Trubisky couldn't get it done in the first half and Kenny Pickett comes in in the second half and he's moving the offense and he's putting points on the board, he scored two rushing touchdowns. Mike Tomlin went for it on fourth and short and they quarterback sneaked. One of the touchdowns that he scored was a quarterback sneak. He's doing all these things. He's connecting with George Pickens, back shoulder throws that are beautiful, taking shots, taking a big shot up the right in the mouth and he delivers a beautiful pass to Pat Fryermuth down the middle of the field. Things that we have not seen yet from Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett was going out and doing. And let me just stop here for a second before I get to the interceptions. Let me stop here for a second and say something. And that is this. Kenny Pickett coming in during halftime, unbelievably difficult for everyone involved. The offensive playmakers have been catching passes from Mitch Trubisky and predominantly Mitch Trubisky since the season started. Adam Archuleta, color commentator, along with Brian Gumble, they were there at practice this week and they said the same thing. Every rap we saw, Kenny Pickett was not the quarterback. He was watching on the sideline and it was Mitch Trubisky. So Kenny Pickett goes from hardly any reps and he spoke about this in his post-game press conference that he... Did not get a lot of reps, but every single rep he did get, he was saying to himself, I am the starter. I need to be prepared as if I was. That's fine. Mental preparation is fine. Physical repetitions, that's also necessary. So the the people that are catching passes, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, George Pickens, Pat Farmeath, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, they now have to adjust to a new quarterback. That's not easy in the middle of a game. Then you throw in the fact that Matt Canada has an entire playbook in front of him, an entire play sheet that is built around another quarterback. So next you know, Matt Canada gets a call from Mike Tomlin, and he says, we're making a change. We're going to Kenny. And now that everything changes. Now Matt Canada's got to say, okay, now I've got a new set of circumstances here. I've got a new quarterback. I've got a quarterback with a different skill set. I've got a, a different quarterback altogether, and you saw things change. I'm not putting any blame on Matt Canada. I thought he caught a great game. All those things considered, changing quarterbacks in the middle of the game, I thought he called a great game. I really do, but that's got to be tough. That's got to be difficult. And then Kenny Pickett himself coming in, and he didn't just come into the game and was ho-hum, let's go, guys, we can do this. That guy took control of the huddle. He was demonstrative on the field. He was excited. 
He brought an excitement level to this team. It was the move that needed to be made. But we do have to talk about the interceptions. We have to talk about the interceptions. And when you're talking about the interceptions, everyone always says, you know, well, you can just, it's like last week in week three, the loss on Thursday night football, there was that weird sequence at the end of the game where they are trying the laterals and all this stuff. And, and the ball goes on the turf and they end up losing the football. They lose the football, and that counts as a fumble to Najee Harris. It sucks. Najee didn't really fumble the ball, but it counts as a fumble. So you kind of chalk that up to, well, it's not really, but it is. That's the same thing with the fact that Kenny Pickett's final throw of the game, a Hail Mary into the end zone, was an interception. And then there are two other interceptions, and I can't get this out of my head, and Dave Schofield said in the postgame show, and you can't ignore it. You're You're not creating excuses. This is fact that both of those interceptions that go on Kenny Pickett's record, I wasn't crazy about the throw to Chase Claypool, but even that pass hit Chase Claypool's hands before it got intercepted. Pat Fryermuth, it was high, and maybe he should have just thrown it away, but it hit Pat Fryermuth's hands and then gets intercepted. So excuse me for being like, well, I mean, yeah, he threw three interceptions. I'm not saying he didn't, but it's not as if the pass catchers helped these guys out much. In the first half, Deontay Johnson lets the ball go right off his hands and directly into the waiting arms of the safety, I believe, for the Jets. I don't even know who the guy was. It just seemed like there wasn't a lot of help from the pass catchers in this game in key moments. So, yes, the interceptions are bad, and I give Kenny Pickett all the credit in the world. He owned it. He got up there at the podium after the game, and he owned everything that went wrong. The pitch to Jalen Warren, he said, it's my fault. I own it. I, I, my footwork was probably bad. It was just a bad play. He owned it. The interceptions. They're saying, well, Pat, we, you know, they could have got their hands like his. No, it's my fault. It's on me as a quarterback. What about the play calling? No, I got to execute. Thank you, Kenny. That's exactly what I talked about last week. Just own it and move on. And that's exactly what they're trying to do, hopefully, with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. I can't go on to the winners and losers just yet until I talk about the defense. But before we talk about the defense, one more thing about Kenny Pickett. Gosh, it's so exciting. I'm just so pissed off that they lost this game because if they would have won this game, think about the story, the storylines, the narratives, but it's not. But one quick warning. Can we please stop with the Ben Roethlisberger comparisons and Kenny Pickett? Well, Ben Roethlisberger's first throw is an incompletion, then an interception. Just stop, okay? Let them be their own quarterback. Just stop it. Stop with that, okay? Just enough. Okay, now... The defensive side. You know, for the first time this season, at least for me, I feel like there's hope with the offense. I feel like there is hope with the offense. Moving forward, wow, like we could actually see something develop. But not the defense. I mentioned the injuries already, all to the defensive side of the ball. But it, it, every single game, it just seems like this team is all T.J. Watt on defense. And it can't be that way. It just can't. You know, Minka Fitzpatrick is only one guy in the secondary. He, if, if you have a team like the Browns in week three that completely, they avoided him like the plague, he can't do anything else about it. And what else can he do? He's already had three interceptions this season. But then you have you know Cam Hayward. Cam looks banged up. Some are saying Father Time looks like he's catching up to him. I don't agree with that. He just looks beat up. He looks worn down. And it's only four weeks into this thing. So you hope that that can kind of find a figure away, but if, if they're just sitting around waiting for T.J. Watt to come back, 
Good Lord, when you look at the rest of the schedule this this <laughs> until the bye week. I mean, you have next week at Buffalo, home against Tampa Bay. Then you go to Miami and to Philly. Those are all electric offenses. Maybe the worst offense of them all is Tampa Bay, and that's still a Tom Brady-led Buccaneers unit that's going to be getting healthier with Mike Evans and Godwin and all those players coming back. So, man, this defense has got to figure something out. They've got to figure something out, and I can't expect them to make some splash trade. I can't expect them to just bring in some other guy and say, yeah, he's going to be fine. They just are not getting the production they need on the defensive side of the ball. They're not getting the timely stops. They're not getting the play they need from the secondary. And it's just, it's just kind of this perfect storm of issues right now with injuries and inconsistent play. That might have been the most depressing thing is the defense. They blew that lead in the fourth quarter. Ugh. God bless America. One and three. One and three the Steelers are. Well, you know what? We have winners and losers to talk about. We have winners and losers. There's one, uh, three winners, I think. Um, Let me see. Do a quick rundown. No, I'm sorry. Four winners and ten losers. Buckle up, folks. We'll be right back after this break. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second half of the show. It is time for winners and losers. Finished up with four winners and ten losers in this contest. Four winners, ten losers. We're going to start off with the winners first. Start with George Pickens. I mentioned his stat line a little bit earlier. Six catches on eight targets, 102 yards, a 17-yard average, no touchdowns, but a 27-yard long. After the game, Pickens was interviewed and he was asked about his work that he's done with Kenny Pickett. He goes, look, he said, I've, I've been through quarterbacks before. I just worry about myself, making sure I'm in the right spot, making plays. But there seemed to be a real good rhythm between Pickett and Pickens. And this is something that Kenny Pickett talked about in his postgame press conference, saying that he, doesn't, he hasn't got a lot of reps with George Pickens. But when he does, he said, I really try to focus on learning about him, where he likes the football. Those back shoulder throws to Pickens were just absolute beauties. It just showed that Kenny Pickett recognizes the one-on-one uh, matchup, and then he went after it. And that they, when they give it to Pickens, he went after it early enough. And George Pickens, you were waiting for the breakout game. I wish he would have hit pay dirt, but there was 102 yards. The next winner is Pat Fryermuth. He had seven catches on nine targets, 85 yards receiving, 12.1 average, no touchdowns with a 24-yard long. Pat Fryermuth is becoming a focal point of this offense, and rightfully so. He is a guy that just seems to find a way to get open. He, you wish that he could have at least brought, maybe brought down that pass that got, ended up getting intercepted in the fourth quarter, but that was a really tough play. But Pat Fryermuth is a phenomenal player. He's going to continue to get better, and that's only going to benefit the Steelers' offense. The next winner, and some people might hesitate and say, why is this guy on the winner's list? But i got to give it to Kenny Pickett. His stat line was as follows, 10 of 13, 120 yards, a 9.2 average. He did not throw a touchdown. He did throw three interceptions. He was not sacked. 
and had a 65.1 rating. He had six rushes for 15 yards, a two and a half yard average. He did score two rushing touchdowns, one of them being a seven yard long. I mentioned this in the first half. I'm not going to spend a ton of time on it, but Kenny Pickett coming in off the bench in the middle of the game is not an easy task. He moved the offense. He got them in scoring position. He took care of business in the two trips that they were in the red zone and put up two touchdowns. It is tough for me to not give credit to Kenny Pickett for the work that he did. Is it perfect? No. Is it a winning effort? Should have been, and he finds himself on the winner's list because of that. The fourth and final winner, Minka Fitzpatrick. Eight tackles, five of them were solo. He had two pass defenses and one interception. Again, this is his third interception of the season. Minka Fitzpatrick is, well, he's as advertised. You know, everyone said after last season where Minka Fitzpatrick led the team and tackles, where's Minka? He, he, he should be making better, better plays, all this stuff. Well, they paid him big-time money, and he's making big-time plays. He's only one guy of 11. And unless your name's Trent Jordan-Watt, apparently, you know, he's doing everything he can, making plays, coming up in support and run support, making plays on the football. If people are going to test him, he's going to get them. He's gotten them. The only game he didn't have an interception was the game where they avoided him like the plague. So he should probably expect for that to happen more often moving forward. But Minka Fitzpatrick, he's in that range where he could be a winner every single week, and he is again this week. So the four winners, George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, Kenny Pickett, and Minka Fitzpatrick. Let's go to the losers. Start off with Deontay Johnson. Two catches on four targets. He had 11 yards receiving, five-and-a-half-yard average, no touchdowns, a six-yard long, but the worst play was a play that I mentioned earlier where you think about the Steelers and the way they were moving the football in the first half. They had just gone down the football field, and they, they were moving the ball well, and then the interception happened. And that was on a first down play over the middle. Mitch Trubisky with a well-thrown ball. Some people saying, oh, Trubisky threw it too hard or Trubisky, you know, he, he didn't have, it wasn't a perfect throw. And that's nonsense. I'm sorry. I wanted to see Kenny Pickett as much as anyone else, but that was not Mitch Trubisky's fault. Deontay Johnson catch the football. When I started playing flag football, my dad was the coach years ago. What do you always tell us as football players? If it hits your hands, you should have what? Caught the football. Well, that hit his hands. Catch the football. That's It just was not a good game, and Deontay Johnson has strung together two bad games now. He better get out of that funk pretty quick. Let's put it that way. Next loser, Chase Claypool. All right? Chase Claypool, zero catches, zero yards, two targets. The dude doesn't have a catch. That's one. But that's bad enough. But I'm not going to put that on the losers list. It's the fact that I don't know what it's going to take for Chase Claypool to learn how to high point a football. And the first interception by Kenny Pickett, if he could have high pointed the football, I mean, you watched the game long enough. You all could say a million receivers. I mean, everyone thinks of someone like Randy Moss. I mean, he was probably one of the best of all time at high-pointing the football. Calvin Johnson's another one. I I could go down a list of of receivers. Chris Carter, not my friend Chris Carter, the Hall of Fame Chris Carter. They were all so great at knowing exactly when to go up, high-point that ball, out-jump the defender. Claypool has every single measurable you would ever imagine that would help him be that guy. But he's not that guy. I don't understand it. And so I have him on the losers list because he just needs to start helping his pass catchers or his passers a little bit. 
It's just not good enough. You're waiting for him to take the next step. Has not happened. The next one is Gunnar Olszewski. So Gunnar O, we all know the costly fumble we had against the New England Patriots. He had another fumble against the uh, Jets on Sunday. But he's also making some really bad decisions in the punt return game. Plays where I think it was in the first quarter, at least it was in the first half, it was a punt where he could have come up, called a fair catch, Steelers would have had the ball about the 35-yard line, their own 35. You can handle that. Like, that's not a bad starting field position. He lets it bounce. It kicks almost 10 yards, 12 yards behind him. Now, all of a sudden, the Steelers are backed up even more. Those are the plays. It's not just the fumbles. It's the questionable decisions in the return game. Gunnar Olszewski, if he puts the ball on the turf again, I'm not, I would not be shocked if he is relegated to being inactive on game day. And Steven Sims, who's on the active roster, is back there returning punts. Or Calvin Austin the third, who could is eligible to come off injured reserve starting this week, preparing for week five. Someone. Gunnar Olszewski, we all thought, hey, he's the specialist, not really playing like it as of yet. The next loser is the passing offense. The stat line is that they still they did not throw for even 200 yards combined. Combined. So when you had, you know, Kenny Pickett throws for 120, Mitch Trubisky in a whole half of football threw for 84. They only threw for 178. It seems like this team, and I would, I would assume that this would improve if Kenny Pickett stays in the in the game, and, and Kenny Pickett is someone that obviously can continue to push the ball down the field. We all know that stuff. But 178, and they threw four interceptions. They threw four interceptions. That's just not good enough. The passing offense has to be better, and it's got to be better real soon if they want to win any more of these games before the bye week. The pass defense is the next loser. Zach Wilson's stat line does not really show that the pass defense struggled. He finished 18 of 36 for 252. Seven-yard average, he threw a touchdown, had was picked off twice. One sack for four yards and a 59.0 rating. You're reading that, and you're thinking, wow, that's pretty good. It's not so much the what, it's the when. It's not so much the end result, it's the when. When did he get the 252? Those were the key plays. The weighty downs, those ones that just seemed to be more important than others, just not good enough. The pass defense was a struggle. And, you know, we talk about the injury to Cam Sutton, Nikola Witherspoon's out, Levi Wallace didn't look that great. You have issues in the back end. Minka Fitzpatrick has a knee injury. Terrell Edmonds is out with a concussion. I'm not, I'm not giving them a pass. I'm not giving them an excuse, but something to keep in the back of your mind. The next loser is the red zone defense. What do I always say? I'm okay with a bend-don't-break defense. Hold them to field goals. You hope your offense can make enough plays. Well, they couldn't even do that. The, the Jets reached the red zone three times against the Steelers, three for three. That's not bend-don't-break, folks. That is not bend-don't-break. The red zone defense has to be better. Now, the Steelers, you got to put it on there, turnovers. You turn the ball over four times. I don't care if one of them was a Hail Mary at the end of the game. You turn it over four times. You probably don't deserve to win a lot of football games. You just don't. So you have four interceptions, just not good enough, and that's why it's on the losers list. The next one are penalties. It just seems like the Steelers cannot buck this trend of timely penalties, whether it's illegal shifts on Deontay Johnson, not his first time being called for that, ineligible man downfield. They've been flagged for that multiple times the last two games. Get it together. When I talked about cleaning it up and playing clean, 
I was not just talking about turnovers. It was also penalties. They got to clean it up. The third down defense, yeah, 6 for 18 is the Jets' stat line. You're like, no, that's great. Again, the when matters. Third and longs have been completed all the time. Just awful, just awful, timely defensive plays just not being made when it matters most. And the last loser, injuries. Just many key injuries moving forward. You hope that the injuries to Cam Hayward, to Minka Fitzpatrick are not serious, that they're able to practice and play this upcoming weekend. They're going to need them. You hope that Terrell Edmonds can safely clear the NFL's concussion protocol and come back to the team healthy whenever that is able to happen. You hope that everyone, is it Cam Sutton, is able to get back, Akella Witherspoon is able to get back. They need as many healthy bodies as they can get. So the losers, all 10 of them, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Gunnar Olszewski, the passing offense, the pass defense, red zone defense, turnovers, penalties, third down defense, and injuries. There you go. Whew, that's a lot. All right. I want to say one more thing. This is something that happened on Sunday. It kind of made its way around the news and uh, around the Steelers' Twitter. We'll put it that way. That a fan at Shore Stadium after the game fell off an escalator and was taken to the hospital and later died from injuries. Horrible, horrible news. We don't know any details or anything like that. I just hope that... It's not a situation where alcohol was involved, where someone was so inebriated that they fell off the escalator, or Lord forbid, there was an argument and there was shoving and someone got injured. What I want to say here to finish up the show is that although we are so passionate about this game, we are so passionate about this team, we can't be that crazy. And again, I don't know if this has anything to do with the the, the passing of this fan. But we do not be those fans that will fight over this team. Do not be those fans that go and they get so blackout drunk you don't even remember the game. Do not ruin someone else's experience of being at a game, whether it's home or away. Let's just all try to be good people. That'll equate to being good fans of the team, and everyone can be safe. Everyone should feel as if they're safe going to a Steeler game or to any public venue to watch any type of game. That, I, I, my prayers go out to the family. I mean, you think about that, that tragedy. Person goes to a Steeler game, going to go down to the game. I got to see Kenny Pickett, and now all of a sudden that family is dealing with the loss of a life. Horrible, horrible, horrible news. So I wanted to just mention that. Not, not, not a heart-to-heart, just a little mention of the news. It's horrible. But uh, So the Steelers are 1-3, and, and I'm going to tell you what I said on my final thoughts on the postgame show, and it's something that Dave Schofield has said a lot over the course of the last few weeks and months, and that is you just got to take it one week at a time. The Steelers open at, as 14-point underdogs against the Buffalo Bills next week. Their backs are against the wall, and they're going to have to come out swinging. It'll be interesting to see how this team handles it. I'm excited to see how this team handles it. I'm excited to see how the offense handles it. And I think we all should be excited about this new era of Steelers football that is beginning. We're going to be with you every step of the way at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, so make sure you stay tuned to all of that. Trust me, it's going to be worth it. And I'll be back on Wednesday, so take out key. Follow me on Twitter, at jhartman, H-A-R-T-M-A-N underscore P-I-T. When I put out the tweet saying, hey, need questions for the mailbag, you fire away. You ask, I'll answer. You know the deal. That's what we do every Wednesday in the second half of the show. In the meantime, folks, you know how we finish out. Be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. We'll see you on Wednesday. 
burning bright.